Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Heavy duty weekend. 117 going down. Break down 226 on the way. We have all of the fights still on the books. And here's a little quick thing. This is the first time in a long time I can say everybody has a photo on the UFC roster for the Whoa. schedule 226. This card. That's a big deal. Is one of the best of the year by far. How have you been? No shadow fighters, but even more importantly, if you're an American, you're celebrating your independence today. We're getting the show out early. Yep. Bright outside. No chance of any interruptions from fake bombs. I mean fireworks, depending on how you feel about that sort of thing. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> Definitely, if you are a veteran and or a, home, a house cat pet, <laughs> if you didn't have time to get a prescription... Little Benadryl, literally half a tablet for animals. Humans can take one or two at a time, read your directions. But uh, that's for your stateside people. Everyone else in the country, or in the world, I mean, feel free to drop a little bit of gin and juice on the ground for that constitution. And, and you know we're ignorant here. <laughs> I don't know if it's any other country's Independence Days as well. No. Nowhere no, around the world. Nope, it's America. Just America. But America parties going on around the world. Feel free. But it is a Wednesday. No, there's a funny, interesting thing where uh, we have ethnic parties in the States or whatever, like Mexican parties and whatnot, or I've seen people do it. It's weird. I just do regular parties and they call them Mexican parties. You're like, I'm just going to my parents' house My parents' house, parents for house but uh, they're doing American parties where they have red cups, everyone wears a flag, and they get sloshed. Like, that's the theme. Wearing American flags and red cups is a major, major thing. And PBR. I think they import a lot of PBR. We actually did one of those parties this year. Yeah. And we had a good point here in yeah. America. In a good America. If T-Rex and Tim Allen, America. <laughs> Very good point. Woo! That's getting my blood boiling right T -Rex, there. T-Rex, Tim Allen, and a T-Bone. Let's get into 226. <laughs> getting warm. Getting hot. Getting hot. Getting hot. Starting off from the bottom of the top, though, we have Do you know how I got fight. here? I was running down a tunnel, and I jumped into a closet. Fireball behind me. But guess what? Golden Retriever made it just in time. Shut the door. <laughs> fireball down the way. That's that how sounds, I'm celebrating. That sounds real. I feel like I might. I can visualize that. I feel like I've seen it before in my life. Um, what an Independence Day to have. But I'm celebrating my Independence Day like Vivica A. Fox. <laughs> that would be my T-shirt. You know you're really celebrating the 4th of July if you're doing it like Vivica A. Fox. Damn. Disgrace she wasn't brought back in number two. Just throwing that out there. So. <laughs> there was a number two? Yeah. Oh! Boy! Um, any, if you really want to get down, two can play at that game. Do yourself the favor. Check that movie out, Vivica A. Fox. Okay, let's get into 226. <laughs> so, Banana vs. Close starts off the Vegas fight night Saturday. We have 
Fight Pass, FS1, moving into the pay-per-view. But Venata versus Close, both of these guys have had a few fights in the UFC at 155 pounds. Premier Division, these two are two uh, fighters moving forward. They're both coming off of a loss. Uh, I believe Venata came off of a like marijuana suspension. He won a split decision over Bobby Green, but lost prior to that to Tamor. And has a win over Modeski, which... Eh, Venata, alpha male, good wrestling. Tony Ferguson was his entry into the UFC. We know what Venata comes in to do. He bangs hard, takes a lot of shots, has a good gas tank, but um, can't get rocked in there with wild punches. Drakkar Close, the cologne himself, makes every single fight he's been in so far way, way too close. At 8-1, he's definitely... Um, Uses his wrestling in there, but can, as much as Venata doesn't, can be stagnant in there at times, Close is even worse. He definitely throws like 1.6 punches per minute. Who and just, tries a lot of takedowns? Until this, for just now, the whole time I've been breaking down Venata versus Close in my head, yeah, I yeah. thought we really saw Close fight Mike Perry in Orlando. No, that was Max Griffin. <laughs> I really thought that. Like, I'm like, oh shit. So now I have to re-break down the fight in my head and pick a new fighter. Because I'm like, what? How is he such an underdog? He's easily going to walk in there. and Yeah, huge, big, big difference. 170 pounds and 55, which we actually do have that 55 versus 70 are coming up later on the night. That's how fun this fight night's going to be. Either way, uh, Drakkar can get a sturdy-ass split in here. But I do think Fanata just edges it out with the cardio a bit more and a bit more activity. The wrestling isn't going to come into play uh, with Venata's wrestling credentials off male as well. I got Venata decision. First fight of the night. Is this a stay away or can you play this? Cause I don't think it's worth playing. I think you stay away from this all day. I think this is as close as close can get. Yeah, that's a good point. It is. It really is. And this, what a way to start off the night. What a way to start off the night. This is a hell of a fun fight. You guys start. want to split? You're going to get a dirty split decision. <laughs> That's how I feel about this fight. I agree. I think it could be a dirty split, but for the lack of activity more than anything. Uh, I just have Drakkar close. I still think it's going to be really close, and I think he pulls out a dirty split. So, Venata 9,000 on DraftKings to the 7,200 for Drakkar close. Uh, definitely staying away from Venata. I do see a decision in this fight. The betting odds... I don't like the way Landau is wearing his damage lately. Each fight is just getting worse and worse. Like, his skin's getting softer and softer. His nose is getting, like, more broken and more broken. I know that's true for a lot of fighters, but he does get... Take a lot of damage to give the shots he gives. Totally, totally, totally. The betting favorite, though, here, minus 185 for Venata. You have a big underdog at plus 160 for close. I could see a, a decision bet in there for close, and uh, you might be able to make your money back on that. I'm not going to be too far forward on that. We have so many other fun ones to break yeah, down. Yeah. At straw weight, 115 pounds, we have Emily Whitmire versus Jamie Boyle. Both of these ladies have fought in the UFC. Whitmire being 2-2 two and two in her career, losing her only two fights on the show and in the UFC to Jillian Roberts seven months ago, submission armbar. Jamie Moyle also lost her debut to Viviana Pereira a year ago. Uh, actually, she won her debut against Caitlin Curran, then lost to Pereira. Uh, Jamie Moyle was also on the show, uh, lost to Bobby Kubla. And Moyle is... 
gonna be the young the older fighter by two years at 29 years old she's also gonna end up being the shorter fighter by five inches at five one two whitmire's five six whitmire's taller than most ladies in there on this stacked fight fight card this is one of the few fights that I'm like, all right, go make him nachos because this might go all the way to the end of the decision. Actually, I do feel, I feel like their ground games neutralize each other. Moyle's a little bit better, but both of their takedowns are not good at all. Striking-wise, they're both getting better, uh, but neither one's going to blow you out and knock you out anytime. I see it either being a striking slow match and on, on the ground, it's just going to be a position-based match. I think Moyle can get the advantageous positions a little bit more. But I might like Whitmire's gas tank a little bit more. This has dirty ass split. Stay away all day. I'm going Moyle decision. Don't feel comfortable in that at all. I don't even need to add any more time to it. Let's get to the, that's exactly how I feel. So do we even want the actual um, DraftKings? Jamie Moyle 9,200 against Whitmire 7,000. Stay away from that on DraftKings. That's a trap. Bet. 100% <laughs> that's a trap. That's a trap. That's a trap. Definitely. But... On to the 155-pound division, a fight of the night contender. This is such an amazing fight. We have Gilbert Burns versus Daniel the Hangman Hooker. Both of these guys are somewhat up-and-comers. Burns has been a little more exploited with his 13-2 record, only two losses in the UFC, to Michelle Prezeres and Rashad Magomedov. Uh, but prior to that, we have a two-fight winning streak against Dan Moret, who is short notice, and Jason Sago, who's no longer in the UFC. The 31-year-old Burns likes to strike in there and really has fallen into this wrestling jiu-jitsu guy who knocks out one guy and says, I'm a knockout artist, and then gets tooled up and decisioned. He was losing the cowboy, uh, Brazilian cowboy decisively and in that third round was like oh I can get a takedown and beat this guy on the ground because that's the way to beat him but decided to strike for two rounds somebody with heavy power will finish you before then and Daniel Hooker is getting there he's moved up from 145 his elbows and footwork are advancing so much the young man at 28 years old is really starting to come on into his own at 16 and 7 I don't think his record reflects that. I think in the UFC, it's been much better. His only loss coming to Jason Knight in a fight of the night contender. Coming off three in a row, Hangman, again, the, the footwork, the inside knee, he's really using his length advantageously with his elbows when he's stepping in on him. But he's also using that front kick up the middle that hurts a lot of people and burns is really susceptible to that. The ground is where it's going to be scary. I got Hangman. Keeping it standing because I love that wizard that he's been throwing in there a lot. And Burns has really shitty entries on his takedowns. They're powerful, but going into the second and third as well, Burns gasses a whole lot more. I got Hooker, TKO round number three. Who do you have in this fight? I got Daniel Hooker as well, but I just have him by decision. I don't want to play him too heavily. I think he's going to have to spend a lot of time with a strong, I think at least the first round, maybe into the second, he's going to have a really strong Gilbert Burns with these horrible takedowns that you're talking about, just hugging onto his waist right up against the fence where he's going to have to try to figure out without taking a bunch of damage. I think he's going to land more strikes and elbows holding these ugly clinches mm-hmm. um, for a majority of the fight. But by the time, he, I think his speed's going to stay there as the fight goes on. I think he's going to progressively land more punches as the fight goes on. I think Gilbert Burns is going to slowly get deteriorated with the takedowns that he doesn't get and he doesn't have great cardio. And then I 
like Daniel Hooker here like I like um uh, there's like a couple other fighters. I think it's like, um, who's that guy? I don't even want to compare him <laughs> We'll there get either. there. <laughs> I'm sure we'll Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I really like Daniel Hooker here. I like him going forward with the UFC. I think Gilbert Burns is a guy that's going to hold place, but I don't see him ever really making a run for the tops of the division. But I do kind of feel this for Daniel Hooker. I think he could make a run at the top of the division. Dan Hooker minus 125 against Gilbert Burns plus 105. That's close to a coin flip. That's almost 115. I bet you that turns there. On DraftKings, 8,500 for Hooker, 7,700 It's going to be more Gilbert of a Burns. grind. I agree. I think this one should be more of that like 8,000, 8,000 kind of a, a close fight. Yeah, it Fun could be. One. Fight of the night contender. Fight of the night. It's going to be a grueling, well, if, grueling it, if Daniel match. Hooker has anything to do with it, it could be a fight of the night contender. If Gilbert Burns is going to win this fight, it's going to be slow and boring. It's we will see. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. On to the 170-pounders. We do have Max Griffin, aforementioned Max Griffin, against Curtis Melender. Curtis, the courteous Melender against Mike what do we have? Payne. I like uh, Max Payne Griffin. I definitely like that. But either way, uh, Griffin, 14 and 4, getting his biggest win against Mike Perry in Orlando just about four months ago. We were there watching that live. It turned out to be in a really slow, slugging type of affair. Against Melender's TKO win off of Tiago Alves over four months ago as well. Prior to that, he came in from LFA and a contender series. Melender, at 30 years old, is two years younger and definitely striking-based. Uh, Muay Thai striker, devastating knees, elbows, straight punches. Max Griffin, all the way around as an MMA fighter. In that Perry fight that we saw earlier in Orlando... We What I think we saw more than anything with Max Griffin is that he can put a game plan together and Mike Perry can be planned for. If you don't try to bruise with him and you pick him apart. So I don't know how good that win really, really looked because he never really outclassed Perry in any. He cut him up. He hurt him once or twice, but uh, it was really, really low output. Griffin's got good takedown defense. Okay takedown defense. Can't get up off of the ground and really not too much of a ground game that we've seen other than defensively. He doesn't look like he gets in bad positions. Melender isn't going to take it there at all. I think this stays a kickboxing match. I could also see this being a fight of the night contender because I think these boys are going to bang. Ugh, I got Melender decision. I, I want to lean towards a TKO, but I got to give Griffin a little. I think he can also game plan for someone like Melender and just kind of stay away and turn it into a boring decision, if not more of the finish. I have Melender finishing here, but Griffin has the type of power to put anyone out. I'm going to be cautious in this one. I got Melender decision right now. It's tentative. Tentative. Who do you have winning this bout? I think Max Griffin's a dark horse in the division. I like everything I'm seeing for his growth. I think he has uh, better cardio than anyone gives him credit for. I think he's a lot stronger in the clinch than anyone thinks mm -hmm. he's going to be. I'm worried about Melender's cardio, and I always just get really scared of this kind of hype train i i mean he's hot af coming out of the lfa lfa is awesome the fighters are awesome but they're not ufc and so the knee against thiago alves 
I think Thiago's kind of it's a good point. You're one of those aging call. guys. Yep. I think Max Griffin is one of those guys. In in my opinion, he pieced apart. I didn't want him to because I I, I had Mike Perry. Sure, I'm a fan of oh, Mike we Perry. Oh, we were there. We were there. Fan Hooting of Platinum. We but were in my opinion, doing. even in my bias eyes, Platinum got picked apart everywhere. And so I'm gonna give Max Griffin tons of credit here. I think he's being overlooked, and I got Griffin by decision. I could totally see that. I think you have very good points. And this is much closer than the lines have it. Minus 165 for Melender. It's too much. This isn't that minus 115 type of a fight for sure. I do think if there's a play here, it is uh, an underdog or pass. Curtis Melender also on DraftKings. 8,700 against 7.5. I could see Griffin also being a wager gauge potentially there. But... I'm squeaking out Melinda right now. I just had a vision that one day when we have full studio with a soundboard, and if you do underdog or pass, it's going to do bark, 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 or... (laughs) (laughs) But it won't say bark. It'll be dogs barking. (laughs) Dogs don't say bark. (laughs) Arf. My dog says arf. 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 (laughs) It spells out and floats in the air. A-R-F. A-R-F. To the 135ers, we have a premier fight. This one is so fucking juicy. We have Rob motherfucking Font versus Rafael Asuncao. Asuncao's only lost in the UFC one time in his entire career. He is 25-5, and and that was to TJ, the current champion, Dillashaw. And he had a win over Dillashaw, and that was the rematch where Dillashaw actually won in a decision. The, uh, and he looked weird in that fight, like he had a really hard he had a weight broken cut shoulder or something. Or something. Oh. I think he tore. He had a b- bad shoulder in like the first round after that TJ Killer second shot. fight. So Rob Font being fifteen and three has only gotten his losses in the UFC. I've been a big hyper on Rob Font losing to Munoz in his last two, but last coming off of a win to Alameda. Correct, fully predicted here, but I think that's more of a call against Alameda than anything. Um, this is a humongous step up forward. Lineker for Rob Font, definitely hard fight. He doesn't have to worry about the power of Lineker here because a Sun Tzu has never really put people out. But what a Sun Tzu is, is the truest form of a top five gatekeeper that there is. If you can beat Rafael Sun Tzu, you deserve a title shot very, very soon after. A lot of people have tried to beat him and not been able to because take down the fence is in the 80% at this division, maybe 60% for a Sun Tzu, but good strike defense, great punch output, amazing cardio, on the ground black belt, like, cool ass name. Rafael Sun Tzu's only lacking, only lacking, um, detriment in fights for him, is not even his fight IQ, is that he doesn't have punching power, and Sometimes he doesn't try to go for the submission when he should, and he'll let it back up the striking because he'll be picking him apart in a boxing match. Rob Font, though, great, crisp Muay Thai, taller, definitely has a two-inch reach advantage or two-inch height advantage with a five and four-inch reach advantage. Rob Font has a straight right that is a piston down the front, has good leg kicks, okay takedown defense on the ground. We've seen Font. Um, be a little neutralized. Rafael Asuncao can definitely get him there. Has good takedowns as well. I think this is going to be, like we were saying earlier, a lot of cage work, a lot of on the outside. 
Rafaela Sunsad's really hard to hit, but he can be hit. TJ Dillashaw, you need to look at that fight and see how that split decision came about. I do think Rob Font can emulate that. I just see him as an up-and-comer still at 35 years old. But I just like Font's style. He has a little more power and his gas tank is more than serviceable. I'm going to end up going with Font decision. But I know I got an underdog in this fight. Hmm. Who do you have? Uh... A Sunsal decision easily. I think he can kind of, he could get hurt in places, but just he is better than Font everywhere. I I, yeah, I, agree. I don't know the, I don't know where, but the the big but is the thirty five years old. Hopefully, because this division, they're not taking as many hard punches. Maybe we see long careers, but also it's required that they're faster in this division. So we don't know if the age will matter. Uh, I just still have a sunset anywhere. At least in the last four years or three and a half years, he's just looked... Oh, I was getting nervous about him, but at least his last two fights, he's made me feel very great about him. So I just think... He's doing better things everywhere, but I still think Rob Font is one to watch. I just... A Sun Sao. A Sun Sao. So, a little disclaimer. Have a Sun Sao. have bet on Font against Lineker and against Munoz. So, he, the two losses he has, I pretty much bet Font the entire time. And he's won more than he's lost for me, but... This is a really tough one. And the line is right. I think plus 150 for Rob Font against the minus 170 for a Sun Sao. Almost 2 to 1 favorite. Yeah, Sun Sao's better all the way around. Um, I think it could be a changing of the guard position. Tentative, tentative, tentative. On to, though, the... Is this the headlining? No, this isn't. This is the co-preliminary preliminary headlining event. We have a hundred and seventy fat pounds. I might bout. be wrong, but I think this. Hold on. Oh no. We got one more. This is is this the opener of the FS one? Yeah. I don't think so. I remember hearing something crazy about it, like a Sunsal font might be the main event on a fight pass. I don't know. Oh, it's really okay. crazy. It could be the bypass headline. That's right, right. Okay, something like that could be happening. But So, um, Felder Perry, I don't know. This is such a huge fight for a prelim. Well, anyway, you cut it. Fight. This is a huge... This could have been the fight for... La- Remember we were talking about there could be one fight that could have carried and made the whole last night card better and they should have swapped sure. out that. This is the sure. fight that I would have... This is the one I'd rather see go five rounds. But the, the, the thing that's happening with this fight is the short notice of it. And Paul Felder's moving up to 170 from 155 because James Vick, if you don't know what's going on in the background, James Vick's taking a fight with Justin Gaethje because Ally Akinta fell out of the fight in that main event later on. So that left Paul Felder with somebody to have to fight. Mike Perry's opponent fell out a week ago, a week and a half ago. Paul Felder says, what? I don't have to cut weight, fight you at 170? Paul Felder's always been a huge 155er. Walks around at 185. And he was in training camp because he was supposed he was to starting fight. To, yeah. cut to 155. He was saying that he's still at like 185 now and has to cut to 170. But that's way more doable than 55 ever would be at this point. The thing is that Mike Perry was also getting for a fight. So he was getting down and getting ready to cut. And he's a humongous 170 pounder as well. Like He's a norm. 
So we're going to have Felder being, who should be a 65er, be a small 170er against somebody who's 200 pounds or cuts down to 70. Paul Felder is the decided favorite in this fight. On the betting lines, in the tap lines, everybody sees it because if Max Griffin can put a game plan together with good takedown defense and just not refusing to brawl with Mike Perry, he can win this fight. And that's exactly how to do it. What I just recently heard, though, Mike Perry talking about he changed up his camps, went to a new camp because all My of his My favorite team... camp. So he definitely uh, ended Did up... Did he go to JW? No, he went to uh, UFC... Or... I thought he went to Jackson Wink. I think it was. Was it? You I think might he be went right. to JW. I think it might. It doesn't have it on the tap right now, and I don't want to miss. I wanted. I wanted to say top team, but it might be Winkle John. But he was talking about how he surrounded himself around yes men, and that's what happened in that Griffin fight. He was never challenged at that camp at all. Where now he is again, and I'm gonna have to go with the underdog because I just see the value in Perry. I know he can get picked apart. Paul Felder is a way better kickboxer. Better on the ground, but Perry size advantage. This is Tito Ortiz versus Shale Sonnen. It's not who's technically better. It's who has the just size. Uh, who it is. Tito Ortiz versus Vulcan. All these weird Bellator fights where one guy's moving up two divisions and then it's like, yeah, he got beat in 15 seconds via submission. Why? Because he gave up 40 pounds. Like, it does end up mattering. It's why heavyweights don't fight lightweights. But I have Perry. I had Felder up until right now. I have Mike Perry winning TKO because round of that JW, one. and we have a 200-pound guy that's fighting a 185, a heavy 185er. That's 15 pounds of muscle. Does, Mike does, has Paul Felder looked amazing his last few fights? Yes, he's looked good. Good. He, he knocked out Stevie Ray, you guys. Exactly. Like he knocked out. Who else did he knock out? Um... Charles Oliveira. That was uh, Charles Oliveira, I, who probably fights more a year than any other <laughs> UFC <laughs> fighter. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about Mike Perry, not only being at Jackson, Jackson Wink, and maybe, yeah, maybe Paul Felder still is a more well-rounded MMA fighter. Who has a better chin here? In my opinion, it's Mike Perry. I think he's taken more power shots from bigger guys. Yep. Also, another question is, Paul Felder might be more accurate, but I think Mike Perry's going to have significantly more power, and that power will land. And I also have the underdog. I'm feeling Woo! a little platinum. I got a Perry knockout round three. Woo! I actually moved it to a rockout TKO number one because I think a rockout. Felder's mm. going to be like, oh shit, this guy hits way harder than I've ever. Even though he says he trains with bigger guys and stuff, which Paul Felder has toughness. The plus 135 underdog, Mike Perry, against the minus 155 debuting 155-er, Paul Felder. On DraftKings, though, this is really interesting. 8,800 on DraftKings for Mike Perry against the 7,400 for Paul Felder. The money's on Felder, in my opinion, there. Because on DraftKings only, specifically. Because if he wins, it's decision only, right? That's the only way I see Felder winning this fight. And it's the leg kicks because pronounced heavy front leg for Perry. But if he's at Winkle John, like I said, everything he said was exactly what you want to hear from a young man. I needed a new camp that tested me against pros. Wow. You did that. Good motherfucking job. Let's make some money. Underdog right now, plus 135. Put money on it. 
Is that our underdog for this week? For Ew. not this, the second underdog for this week? Because we got two cards. No, I don't even know yet. I don't even know. It's too early in the night to talk Ooh, about underdog. That's how fun this card is. Woo! I woo, think woo, woo. the points are on Perry. Or the, I'm sorry. The points are for Felder. He could easily pick apart the decision. That's not what you're looking for Mike Perry to do. And that's one of the great things about him is he's not fighting for a decision. Will Jackson Wink change that about him? I don't think so. I think he's just going to be smarter about finding the openings for the power shot. He wants to fight for excitement. That's kind of his gig. Right. And I like fighters that do that. We all do. I totally, totally So you're really just... And so Felder fighting on that short notice to change for a whole power puncher, go up and wait. I don't like the moving up and wait so quick unnecessarily because I was really liking the way Paul Felder was starting to put it together at 155. This is just weird. He just wanted to fight. He was really just has been out for a long, long time and uh, was. And willing. Platinum's a big name right now. It He's built a big name for himself. It's a, if he goes out and wins this fight, it does a lot for him, and then it opens up two divisions for him as well. He puts himself in the Cowboy Cerrone, where the more divisions you have, the more opportunities. The more you fights have. is the more fights, and that's money. It ends up translating to and that. And I also think. Paul Felder would be an amazing tweener. He could be a champion of a 160 oh, 165, division. I mean, or 165. 165. Yeah. 165. Totally. 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 So on to the preliminary main event. We got a banger. If you haven't heard that before tonight, you're going to hear it a few more times because that's how stacked this fight night is on Saturday. I am so excited. We have the biggest favorite of the night, minus 400, Paulo Costa against Uriah Hall at 185 pounds. This has, somebody's going night It's going to be fast. Somehow. This is going to be a fast fight. You're going to be able to definitely have a couple drinks in between the half an hour break you have into the main card pay-per-view because they like to start up timely. We have the perfect 11-0 Costa against Uriah Hall's 13-8 record. Uriah Hall, the 33-year-old against the 27 Costa, they both like the strike. They both like to keep it standing. Uriah Hall's actually thrown a few takedowns in his fights and used them advantageously to finish people like Jutko in his make-it-or-break-it fight. If Uriah Hall didn't win that fight, he was going to be let go. He was on a three-fight losing streak. Then again, the competition level for Uriah Hall has been high level and don't you think for he has a, a really big long name? time. Huge name. Huge name in the Huge sport. Name. And from, like, Jamaica being one of the bigger guys from, like, a small little uh, place. Uh, I think he would have stayed even if he lost. Yeah, his fighting style is conducive to him being And for there. the division, like, he's a good guy to got... Like, here, look at this new guy we have coming up, Paulo Costa. He, you know, this young guy, look at this. It's a perfect guy to... He's like a... He's not as good as, like, a Ronaldo Souza but he's of the same vein. Who is the more cut fighter in this? Oh, easily Paula Costa. Easy, really? Because if you don't remember correctly, Uriah Hall almost died to me, from a weight cut last time. This is like... Rose Nami Yunus has PTSD from watching Uriah Hall almost die in the lobby. Remember that? Tavares... Um, I thought it was from the dolly in the window. I thought she had post-traumatic stress. No. <laughs> no that's what I had. Huh? Uh, uh, Connor's lawyers. Uh, you hear You listening? <laughs> that's a little tip from the bean there. Maybe you could, uh, Connor, if that helps you in anywhere. Case, just like, oh, I thought. We could use some new microphones. <laughs> <laughs> they can be green. Like, it's cool. Um, 
Yeah, I just think Paula Costa, he gives Brad Tavares a run for the hottie. Uh, so money. hottie with your body. Yeah. So he definitely so Hogwatch going on. Has been able to keep that fight is pretty because he blitzes people with a heavy strike output. Most of his fights finish in the first round. He's been able to do it to most people. Has a capoeira spinning heel shit type of capability in there. But Uriah Hall will throw a spinning heel in your face at any point in time. Ask Greg Musasi. Ask a lot of these guys to that body shot. The thing um, with Uriah Hall is that... Hit the spinning attacks and some of the fight IQ that Uriah Hall has, it doesn't seem like he plans it. Because he'll throw three spinning kicks on there, and none of them will even be close to landing. And then the fourth one, somebody will duck into it. So he'll kind of buy, get a flash almost type of a knockout. He really relies on surprising people instead of setting up his shots. Where I feel like Costa sets up his shots, blitzes you more. I what? like Costa here, but minus 400 is way too steep against somebody like... Uriah Hall. I have Costa in this finish decision. Ugh. I have him finishing in the second round, but I'm not going to put money on Costa here. Minus 400 is way too steep. Way, way, way too steep. It's two to one favorite, not four to, not four to one. Minus 400. Too what much about three to one? Like, nope. Three to one. Nope. Because I have a finish as well in the second round for Paulo Costa. I think he oh. he is such a blitz. When you said blitz, I really, the song, I blitzkrieg bop. Like, that's, yeah. he just freaking comes bop, bop, forward. Yeah, it's just like, bing, 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 it almost doesn't even give the other guy the way Holly Holmes fought her last fight. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that JW, it's like a total, it's such an attack of the senses. It doesn't even give you time to breathe. It seems so smothering. Added up with power and youth and what seemingly seems like great cardio and what we've seen so far. Has it been the caliber experience of Uriah Hall? I don't think so, but experience is so last year. Ah. <laughs> like his experience, a lot of it is old experience. Like the Jutko fight or Jutko, however you say it. He's that. getting beat to shit, by the way. And it is the his only real recent fight. Isn't everything else pretty really, you know, it's old. Uh, a year, nine months ago, yeah. Gegard Mousasi has fought, like, two fights in Bellator. And, like, two in the UFC. And is about to fight a third one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this time. And I just feel like the fighter, I don't know. I also have a round two finish and maybe a three-to-one favorite. But I got to think everybody else has seen that. So, Uriah from 9,400 on DraftKings, is, um, are you willing to put... Costa on some of your cards for that finish ability. I think it's a he's the highest price against the 6'8", Uriah Hall. Ugh. Yeah, he's going to knock him out. Wow. I feel like the end is near, and so Uriah Hall faces his final curtain. That was a little Frank Sinatra. Ooh, way to start off the pay-per-view. That's pretty American. Main card, very American. A lot of mafioso ties in there. Definitely kept it going. So and this as the show this goes song, on. this fight, in my opinion, the next the actual main the, the the fight we're going into. Go ahead, announce main it. event is starting off. You're gonna have to spend sixty bones to get this motherfucker in HD. We're going to Vegas, starting it off hot with two other bangers. We banging all over this place. See, be I all banged out before the night's fight- over. Could have easily been on last night's fight card to make it a more On Friday night? Fight. Oh, a million percent. Don't you think? A million percent. Because this is going to... 
I, I what other adjectives can I use? This is gonna be a slobber knocker. I don't want to use that. This is gonna be a hopefully, or if it goes past <sighs> three minutes, it could be gas city. But I, I think both of these fighters in their gas states still just try to knock you out. They both know what they want to do in there. Neither fighter throws any amount of takedowns in there. And if they both even try, they're going to be garbage, trash, hot trash takedowns. But they both make their money striking. We have Gokan Saki against Khalil Roundtree. Roundtree being 6-2. Last losing to Michelle Oskalik, but that was turned over. Olienchasik, what was that? It was a decision. It was turned over. I think he popped for steroids. But if you know how to beat Roundtree, it's ground game. You take him down, and he's not able to get up. Pedro, um, Tyson Pedro did that to him. Khalil Roundtree, though, if he keeps it up striking, he has devastating power. I thought Paul Craig had a decent ground game. Yeah, but Paul Craig also has very limited striking defense, and that's exactly what Khalil Nantri needs. Because if he lands a couple of those shots and starts to put together a finishing combination, he can. But if you have a good enough chin, he'll gas himself out in that flurry. Paul Craig wasn't able to Who withstand Who is Gokan Saki? He's a Muay Thai striker coming out of the glory scene, being a top contender in glory, has fought, is a one-in-one professional fighter beat Frank Henrik Frankenstein the motherfucking Silva one of the worst fighters in the UFC That's, you know how I feel about that <laughs> you know how we feel about this Brazilian trash bag and Gokan Saki got hurt multiple times in this fight ended up knocking him out at the end of the first round but was all sorts of gassed as well I would say as gassed as Khalil Roundtree so what I did see in that Gokan fight against um Henrik was against pressure. Gokan will sit back. He's willing to do that uh, glory kickboxing style, style where he'll Gokan Saki will cover up and just let somebody barrage on him. And then he'll wait for his punches to come back and finally get back. But he'll take damage to the body. And he really relies to me what I saw was boxing gloves. He puts up his defense like boxing gloves. Guess what kind of gloves we got in MMA, homie? We got four ounce motherfucking gloves. Khalil Roundtree knows how to put those punches into those pockets. It's whether people take him down or not. Gokan Saki's not going to shoot a takedown. Not going to happen. And neither is Khalil. And neither is Khalil. But I think the MMA striking-wise, MMA striker, Khalil Roundtree is a much better MMA striker. At any time, Gokan Saki can land a counter right or left that can put Roundtree. But at any time, Roundtree can land one. This is a must-watch. You have to pay for the pay-per-view for this, and we got another one. That is in this category of you got to watch because it's going to be so fun. I got Roundtree. TKO round number one. I got an underdog. How do you go? I got Roundtree KO too. Who's Gokan Saki? I know it's crazy, everyone. Everyone's like, who's Gokan Saki? He's a Muay Thai fighter. He's done all this stuff. I agree, but MMA is a little different. And Ole Inchekas, or, you know, going to decision in that fight was grinding because I always think he's an underrated fighter. Also, Paul Craig has an okay ground game, does keep a good clinch, does take a lot of damage. So Khalil had to throw a ton of punches, ton of punches. That might have been a fast fight. Was that a fast fight, that round three? Went? I feel like Paul Craig had to, it might have gone into the second round. Uh, Maybe it didn't. I, Maybe it was no, the first I round. No, I think it was the first round. 
Um, I don't know shit about Jolly. And then Tyson Pedro. I like Tyson Pedro. So that's, Jolly's horrible. The submission isn't anything big there. Um, yeah. The Silva, not a huge thing to me. I got Roundtree KO round two. So. But I don't know if I'm going to put it everywhere because I just don't really trust him. And I'm not as excited about this fight as you. This is not like, really? I wouldn't buy a pay-per-view oh for this. Oh my gosh. Really? I would not buy a pay-per-view. This would not be the seller for me. Honestly. Yeah, this wouldn't be a main event. Um, but I'm thinking, like, if you're going to get the pay-per-view at all, you got to get... Well, of course you're going to watch them all because you're paying for it, so that don't make no damn sense. But <laughs> I, this is... Again, you had it spot on. Make this the finale headliner, and we good, homie. This should be the finale headliner because... It has potential for fireworks over but the But if it went July five weekend. rounds, you set up, oh, that's so damaging. That ain't, this fight ain't going past one. I this fight. No. Look, but that, there's a little prop bet for you. So, Go Kansaki, 8,400 on DraftKings against the 7,800 for Roundtree. I see three. Roundtree finishing by knee. So, wor- worth every cent on DraftKings and the plus 115. But I'm nervous. I'll probably only put him on like 25. My, or underdog. 25%. Roundtree. 25%. I think that's right. It and is, I won't it's put a close one. Sake anywhere. On to the 155ers. We have Anthony Pettis. Against Michael Kia. So this was reworked due to the dolly. Little PTSD move this down due to cut to the face and forehead of Michael Kiesa. That was how many months ago now? Did that happen? Two. Two months ago? Somewhere around there. So their wounds have started Maybe to three. heal. Over a year ago, Michael Kiesa lost to Kevin Lee, but before that, getting a three-fight winning streak, being 13-3, and Kiesa's on his way up, where Anthony Pettis is a former champion, Wheaties title Contender has really uh, been win one, lose one for a while. Coming off of a loss to Poirier due to rib injury seven months ago. Poirier said it best. I didn't break that rib. I broke the man. And that's what you have to do to Anthony Pettis in order to get him out of there. And people have started to see that. It's unfortunate for him because he was one of the best of all time. Highlight reel. Four days. Uh, We know what we're getting with Pettis. Great striking on the ground. Can submit the best of him. But in a grinding, grinding battle, is able to get beat up in fights. Michael Chiesa can do that. Actually tends to do that. Usually loses that first round. Comes back and wins via submission in the second or third. Gets a grinding fest. That Kevin Lee loss, always going to say it was a little... He never tapped. So that one's always a bit iffy. But... um. Michael Chiesa likes to give up his back a little too much, which is scary. And also, that left body kick that Anthony Pettis has knocked out. Cerrone, uh, Miller, who else? He knocked out a couple other guys with that body shot. I think Benson Henderson. He hurts a lot of people. Chiesa's open for that. And I think that could change the game in this fight. But with Pettis, we always say here, he breaks a lot. He always says, I broke my hand in that fight. I broke my foot in that fight. I broke a rib in that fight. I broke an eye socket in that fight. I think it's just... A matter of time till something happens in the grueling bout and Kiesa ends up capitalizing. I got a submission, if not TKO, round number two or three. I do think uh, Kiesa has to wear it a little bit. But after that, once Pettis can't get him out of there, I think it's a cruise to maybe a 29-28 decision. I'm going to go with decision for Kiesa. How do you feel this one ends up by the end of the night? I'm a little nervous about Kiesa's soft skin. 
I do think his last fight against Kevin Lee was a tad early, early called. I do think the same outcome would have been there. And I think looking back on that loss with um, the potential of Kevin Lee's future of his career, we will one day look at Mike Chiesa with a whole bunch of green, you know, wins. And then, the, oh, well, he lost to Kevin Lee. Because I think Kevin Lee is going to be amazing, amazing. Like, one of those guys. Like, he's a hall, future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, I think he's... And also, Anthony Pettis, future Hall of Famer for totally. all, you know, for everything being said. Anthony Pettis only loses to the best of them. And Michael Chiesa is the best of them. Anthony Pettis is susceptible to get submitted and Michael Chiesa can submit you. If, as long as there's not a... If I see what you're saying with the soft body, I just think instinctually if that were to happen with Michael Chiesa, how long he is, he's just going to go close. Wrap pull close for long enough to you know, get his composure and then go for a submission from there. And the other fighter instinctually is going to want to keep Michael Chiesa at bay. So it puts up a weird conundrum, but I do think he has soft ass skin. That's the only thing I'm worried about is it getting called for a weird gnarly cut on his forehead or something like that. But otherwise I got Chiesa by submission round three. I'm so glad Anthony Pettis, if I see him keep fighting, I want to see it at 155. I never want to see him at 145 again. Um, Shit, and you know, his chin might be wobbly enough, but how does Anthony Pettis look at 170? He would be a great tweener. I'd love to see Anthony Pettis go maybe to 165. I would agree with that. So, I got Michael Chiesa submission round three. I still like both guys a little going forward, and I am... uh, I'm going to put money on Chiesa, but... What about for 8,600 on DraftKings for Chiesa against the 7,600 for Pettis? Do you think that's a little inflated? I think they should be closer, for sure. I agree. I think it's a little inflated as well. So, actually, betting-wise, minus 155 for Kiesa against the underdog, plus 135. I feel like that's that's about right. Most We're talking our way through that, picking the favorite. On to black-on-black black crime. This is going to be something you're going to have to hide your kids, hide your wife, because... Hide your Ronda Rousey poster. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Brown, take your girl out to dinner because you ain't going to be one watching this. You're going to get a call out. We're going to have to hear some sort of annex, antics from one of these fighters. We have Francis, the Predator Naganu against Derek, the Black Beast. Lewis, this has been a fight that has been, we've been itching for for years now. We've been calling for it for a long time here at Lab B. Finally coming around. <laughs> you know, we would have the shirt. We just don't know how it will come across. But we want the My Naganu. Yeah. You My Naganu shirt. Uh, holler out at us. Let us know how you feel about that <laughs> shirt. And if we're allowed to do it, we don't want to step on anyone's toes or for anyone to think it's... I want. I don't mind if it's a little fucking blue humor. But I don't want somebody to think we're racist or being unsensitive or something. So, I have a little funny story about Evil Twin. We haven't talked about him much, but he hasn't been saying anything as a value, really. Um, But, is this a crazy bet or not? Evil Twin bet me that this fight is not going to make it to the ring. He put ten bones that Derek Lewis falls out of this fight before they ever show up to the ring. Ten bones on it. 
I'm like, Evil Twin, give me that money because Derek Lewis has proven that he's went in with a bad back, bad ankle, bad foot and still lost the fight and been like, well, I was hurt. But rarely has he been like, all right, I'm not going to go. Like, once a contract's signed, he's going to get paid and then be like, all right, I'll deal Derek with the consequences Derek Lewis is later. making good money at his weight size, or at his weight class. And we know the bigger guys make tend Most to make a lot more out. money. Quit. Uh, I, I, I think it shows. I think the fight goes. And 265 he weighed in at his last... How much did he weigh? Yeah, 265. Yep. Am I wrong for his last fight? He actually yeah. weighed in yeah. at that. Yeah, he has to cut. Yeah, as long as it makes weight... It's funny, both guys have to cut to get the weight, huh? Both guys have to cut for two totally Ooh. different reasons. Derek Lewis, do you remember Krav If it Maga? falls out, uh-huh. it only falls out because a time traveler came here so that they wouldn't make connection and throw the Earth off its orbit into outer space. So are you saying Evil Twin has a time machine? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know if he has one or know someone who has one. Possibly. Good, good That point. twin shit is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek Lewis, Francis Naganu. We know with Derek Lewis throws heavy overhand right through. But I thought it was going to be about the fight. I was like, oh, I don't it know. I don't. Fight. Yeah, I know, but that's an easy bet. That's yeah, not that's even a 50-50 bet. I'm saying. like, yeah, like, I'll take crazy. that. That's like a 1 in 10 bet at best. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll of take course. that. All day like for long. him, a one in ten. Yeah, I just want him to listen to the show to be like, yeah, I called you out, sucker, because then he tried to make some <laughs> other bullshit. He tried to make some other bullshit ass bets and be like, oh, I'll take that bet for ten bucks. I'm like, nah, nah, bruh, nah, bruh. We he tried it. to hedge it. Yeah. You're like, Mm-mm. no, I want one bet. Miracle girl. Yeah, exactly. No hedging over here. Yeah, we good, homie. Put your hedges away. <laughs> <laughs> so with the black beast. One and two bunch combinations, pretty much an overhand, right? You're trying to get a landscaping job? Put your hedges (laughs) away. (laughs) Derek Lewis will throw some kicks in there. Francis Naganu, supposed... I think, actually, Derek Lewis beat Naganu, or did Daniel Cormier beat Naganu's punching power? On the UFC punch box whatever thing. I have no idea. Oh, I think they're all in the top contenders for hardest hitters, but... um. The gas tank is what's definitely the most lacking with Derek Lewis. He knows that he's in there for two, three rounds. Three-round fights benefit him the best. One-round fights benefit him the best because he's gas after the first. Francis Ngannou also showing that he has all sorts of gas tank issues, especially in a five-rounder against champ. What Ngannou doesn't have to worry about here is the wrestling. Derek Lewis ain't going in there and wrestle you, dirty box. Francis Ngannou has good... Uh, Good enough clinch to get out of it. He's able to dirty box on the way outside. Puts four punch, five punch combinations. But uh, both of these guys are fairly lacking in their striking. For heavyweights, they're good strikers. But if you were to put these guys at 155, they'd get picked apart. It's just their size and brute strength is over to, is able to overcome so much. This is going to be a sloppy fight. But it's going to be a fight where somebody's going night. I hope it doesn't go to decision because it'll turn into a boring, boring fight. But I could see it turning into one fighter throws two punches, the other fighter throws two punches. One fighter throws two punches, the other, and then it's all this of This could be the most boring fight of all time. Or it could be... Or it could be over in ten w- round one. Yeah, in the first punch. So, it's a coin flip. The fact that people are going moderate favorite, minus 380 for Nagarnu. Two to one at the best. This is way too inflated for me. I think it's a dog or pass. I do have Nagano winning a decision 
If not, uh, you, I want to go decision because I'm so tentative on it. Uh, but I think Derek Lewis is a dogger pass as far as the betting lines. It's too much of a favorite. Nganu hasn't done anything that amazing other than Overeem, who is the chiniest fighter in the heavyweight division. I got Nganu's decision. Who are you picking? I think Nganu might be worth it. I think he actually... I love Derek Lewis. I love the Black Beast. He's no Stipe Miocic. Uh, Stipe said uh, he... Everyone that gave him shit like, oh, you know... He said Nganu was hard to finish. And for all intents and purposes, for Derek Lewis to say, like, oh, this is what the fight would have looked like if it happened earlier... Naganu went five rounds with yeah, Stipe Miocic. No offense, fight. Derek Lewis. You're not Stipe Miocic, and I don't know if I've ever seen you in five rounds, nor do I ever want to see you <laughs> in five rounds. So the fact that, and not that I think at all, I don't think Francis Naganu was trying to conserve energy. I think he was going to try, he was trying to knock Stipe's head off in those fights. I don't think Derek Lewis is going to move like Stipe moves, so I think he's going to be able to knock his head off. I don't think Derek Wrestling's is good, so I don't think he's going to get Francis down. So I kind of see Francis a little better everywhere, and the amount of composure I see him having right now and class I see him having, he's really stepped back and humbled himself a little bit in his loss. And I always think a fighter who humbles himself in loss always comes out and does something pretty spectacular the next time around. So I still like Francis a little going forward. You guys, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a little biased on Francis. But I think I show you the same bias for Derek Lewis. So take it for what it is. I got Naganu. I think he finds a chin in round one. I don't even think he has to wait. I think he has better hands than Derek Lewis has a chin. So you know that for this heavyweight bout, anytime we have Naganu Francis, on, you my Naganu. You know that we got that Naganu, but you're going to be on high alert at the weigh-ins because this is going to be a double hog watch, heavy-duty double oh, yeah. sausage. <laughs> you're going to get your fill <laughs> this fight card. Be sure. To be ready. On to the code. If you're, if we have any ball hogs listening, any Peyton Lafferty's, there's <laughs> going to be one. <laughs> any ball hogs. So, have you to... seen the movie Rampage? No. The one with the Rock Johnson? Yeah. No. That's what I think this is going to be like. A Rampage. that I haven't seen it either. Oh, okay. So, I don't even know if I'm... if. I just said something really bad. Yeah, I think it's a trash movie. <laughs> I kind of think this fight may be a trash fight. I, I could kind of see that You happen, know how you say it's a dog or pass fight? I think it's a KO round one or pass fight. <laughs> and the danger part is because the first fight on this uh-huh. was that if both of those fights go to decision, this whole fight takes such a... Yep. That, I mean, you got two of the best you, fights you of the year. easily. If those two fights were on the pay-per-view alone, Oh, I would get it. Just those two fights? Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. But real quick, on DraftKings, 9,300 for Naganu against 6,900 er, 6, for Derek Lewis. Oh, I see a wage engager in Derek Lewis, even though we're both picking Naganu. Unless it's a TKO round number one, then Naganu's worth every cent. But that's a big if. If we both see it shitty, I'm going to have 25% of this fight. I'm not going to go crazy. Maybe have some Lewis on like 10, 15% of DraftKings. I agree. Fights. I agree with all that. So that is a good ass mess, man. If we would ever have a co-main event truly be worthy of a co-main event where it is the exact same as the main event, this is the fight. We have 
a 145-pound challenger in Brian Ortega, T-City, against Max Holloway. This could be the main event on any other card, and it's worthy of a main event. That's Agree why with that. This is a true co-main event. But I don't think it is quite the super fight that Stipe DC is. The, o- the only reason is because DC's contending in two divisions, correct? No, I think DC and Stipe both there. If you took all their accolades, they're both careers, future Hall of Fame. Yeah, to both just both their careers yeah. and lined them up on a thing. They're two of the Hall of Famers. They're saying two it. of the greats, and to watch them both fight in kind of the right stage of their career to still want to see them both fight each other, it's pretty spectacular. It these is. two young lions, these, these, these two, we're gonna watch them. We're watching them both start their prime, which is earlier than any primes we've ever seen. Yep. And they're both there. And these two young lines, we're going to see fight for years to come. Oh, totally. And a few other weight classes. I well. totally agree. And a few. I can't not wait. staying at 145. The 26-year-old Max, the champ Holloway, blessed himself against the 27-year-old T-City Ortega. Not 14 and 0 against the 19 and 3 Holloway. Holloway is defending his title for the second time, or is this this is the second time? Because he won it from Aldo, or he won it against yeah. Aldo. Yeah. So this is a hell of a title defense. T City is coming off with his perfect record, last beating Frankie Edgar three months ago. Nobody saw that TKO. Was that in Orlando? No, no, we no. didn't get to see the answer. No, we didn't. That was no. But um, beating Cub Swanson and also beating the likes of Clay Guida, Carnero, Diego Brandout. These Frankie Edgar definitely being that marquee win. But that fight only made it to what the first round? Into the first round? Yeah, yeah, it was fast. It was pretty quick, so we didn't really get to see that distance in there. We didn't get to see the grind a bit as much. And Max Holloway makes grinding fights. Ask Conor McGregor. Ask anybody else who's ever been in there and been able to best bless Holloway. Cardio through the roof. Great punches on the inside. Straight punches. Hard punches and kicks. Ground game on point. But if Ortega has any advantage, it is on the ground. T-City is a Gracie disciple. He hits those triangles from all sorts of angles. He's incredibly tall at 5'9", but he's like 5'10". Against the 5'11", Max Holloway. Max Holloway's taller than T-City. That doesn't seem right to me. T-City taller seems taller. and younger. It doesn't seem taller right. Taller and younger. It Everybody keeps talking about so Brian Ortega like he's the young guy. Up and comer. It's so weird. So, so weird. But what the, the biggest fight that I can really go back to and look at for T-City is that Clay Guida fight. Clay Guida was putting a wrestling clinic all over T-City was beating T-City and only because he finally ended up hurting him in the third round and getting that with a few fights. I believe the Carnero and Brandau. Brandau was getting the best of T-City in that first and beginning a second until he gassed. Carnero winning that first as well. T-City eats a lot of punches. Striking is very underdeveloped and he really uh, flashes in his submissions because he'll jump over the top of you like he did on Cub Swanson or Imanari roll and just get under you and tangle you up. Max Holloway's ground game, though, is very, very high up there. And Max Holloway can put a game plan together as good as anybody. What I really love in Max Holloway is every fight you see him, he has a different game plan, and it's specifically tailored 
to that fighter. Ortega does that as well, but Ortega, as you were saying, is coming into his own. Max Holloway has come into his own and has another level of own to come into. Is what I as how I feel it goes. There's a flash submission at any point in time in this fight. Really, Ortega can finish anybody, even Max Holloway, but in a five-rounder, I have the experience, I have the quality of fighters. Max Holloway just winning all of those fights. I'm gonna edge it out slightly decision in a five-rounder, but either fighter can finish this at any point in time. It's really that gas tank. Ortega's never been five rounds, and we've seen him tired in three. So I think Max Holloway really is a black belt in that cardio, and that's gonna come to shine more than anything. Holloway decision, how do you feel this gets down? In a weird way, this is Gracie Disciple versus Gracie Disciple. Hmm? It's kind of all falling down of the pyramid of trained and who these guys... Everybody is assuming that T-City is the best grappler and he's getting all this hype right now for all of his submissions and stuff. But I think Max is next level too. And yeah, he has fought a lot of strikers, but he's just... isn't You know, he's a black belt on the ground. He can... He puts the fight where he wants to be. I do agree with you. Max has already found himself, and by the time everybody else finds him, he's working on the next level. Like, the exact same thing, but they're training on old Max, and he's a brand new Max every time he gets in the ring. We even saw what he could do to a guy like Jose Aldo with those two fights. We saw his computer, what he took from their first fight, and how quickly it dismantled Aldo. So, so, yeah, I understand that the answer had never been knocked out. I do understand that. And if you look at the kinetic energy of how Brian stood up, it wasn't just an uppercut from hell. It was like his whole body landed on like yep, uppercut sure. into Frankie Edgar. That same thing would have happened if Max Holloway fought him too again. I believe that Max Holloway would have knocked out Frankie Edgar. Like it was, they just didn't get to meet. It was just right, that fight that didn't happen. Him. It was that. It's not be. It was just Frankie's time, it's his age, his everything, yeah. long career. So much tape to watch. Game plan very similar every time going around. So, I love Brian Ortega still going forward. He hasn't fought another enormous guy like him. That's used to the frigging cut. That's used to the spotlight, yep. that has no pressure, no ego, and no, and as zen as Brian Ortega, I think he likes to be, he has so much pressure. He wants to prove for his camp, not just himself. This is so important for his camp, too. And I think his last fight, yeah, he went out there and connected quick knockouts, but we say it here all the time. Sometimes there's three round decisions. The guy has so much more to take, there's so much more. So, I got to go with Max here all day. I think he wears this belt for a long time to come. He is the lion of this division. I, He's not going to get knocked out. Brian Ortega does not have Conor McGregor power, and Max took those punches, just like you were saying. Could he get submitted? Yeah, flash submission could come. You were so right on that. <coughs> Excuse me. Gazoon. Um, <laughs> but uh, you were so right on that flash submission where either guy, either guy, but... We always see T-City have this height advantage that he is not going to have with Max. So those over-the-head yeah, triangles over, aren't yep. going to really happen the same way. Um, what you were saying, though, with that specific punch with Frank Yeager, he set that... Brian Ortega set that up with an elbow first, but with that elbow, 
that chambered or lack of chambered uppercut, the reason you call it from hell is because he throws it from his pocket, which is not good boxing. Just throwing that out there. And Max so if you're Holloway, going up against a guy like Max, Max, and I come with that much opening, look at this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Max you're Holloway so right. you're is so going right. to be like, what? You're going to throw from there? Bing, bing, bing. I'm going to hit you three times and your punch isn't going to land. So, so much fun. 8,300 on DraftKings It's five Max rounds. Holloway. I don't think T-City can go five rounds with Max Holloway. I love him. This mm-hmm. fight is going to do nothing, but it, Max winning this fight is a win-win for both guys. And yeah. I see, but I just don't see T-City. I think Max can download the information and of T-City. And I think he can finish it at the end of round three, beginning of round four. Ooh. That's where I like to make my props in those, especially on cardio guys like Max Holloway in that fourth and fifth round prop bet because you're always getting in the thousands range. A lot of people don't think they'll get there. And thousand at anything. You're going to make some money off of it. This fight's so great. This so, you, is a great it fight. It is such if a good the, fight. If the night stopped there, it would have been enough. Totally. 8,300 on DraftKings for Max Holloway against a 7,900 for Ortega. A five-rounder. I could see you stacking these guys. I'm definitely putting Max on a lot, lot more because I know he can throw that amount of punches. Betting-wise, minus 135 Max Holloway against a plus 125 Brian Ortega. If a flash submission could come. T-City could flash submit. Sure. sure. Like, I understand that, everybody. But, I... It's going to be a beating. It'll be that Clay Guida where it'll be getting hit beat up until that happens. Clay Guida Blessed like, is hey. best. Woo! Baby. On <laughs> to the main event heavyweights of heavyweights. We have a dual belt being contended for in the heavyweight division 205 coming up and Daniel Cormier against the greatest of all time supposedly heavyweight and Stipe Miocic having the most title defenses of all time this is a super fight of super fights other than Brock Lesnar and John Jones who else do these guys have to fight nobody no this is it this is it and Everybody loves to see the heavyweights bang, especially at this level, because both of these guys are grinders. And that's something you don't get. As we were talking with other heavyweights earlier on the card, if this gets past the first, we're going to go into Slop City. This one gets past the first, it's a 155-pound bout. And a craziest thing, even though these two aged vets, these two guys, two champions, two best in their class right now, this is like we're reading. This fight is setting up. It's like the first chapter of at least a three fights to come regardless of who wins the john jones fight after it for either guy yep and the brock lesnar fight after that for either guy is super exciting so to me we're reading this is like this is so exciting it could be the finale it could be the end of a story but it's not it's the beginning of one which is so intriguing go on Sorry. Life is a cycle. Life is a cycle. It is not a linear path. It definitely keeps moving over and over again. The 19 or the 18 and 2 Stipe Miocic has only lost to Stefan Struve in the UFC. Daniel Cormier, the 205 are moving up, has only lost to John Jones via decision. His head kick loss was overturned due to John Jones not getting his shit together and finding a way to beat himself, like always. But we have the 39-year-old Daniel Cormier, longtime veteran against longtime veteran Stipe Miocic. 
Both of these guys are grinders, both of them D1 wrestlers. Daniel Cormier, the Olympic wrestler, bronze medalist, national champion, same as Stipe Miocic. The boxing though, the clean, crisp boxing goes to Stipe Miocic. He has a piston of a jab and a straight right that'll hurt the best of them. He also, Stipe moves really well backwards and can throw those counter punches off of his back foot as good as anyone. Ask Fabrice Verdum. Ask a lot of other guys that run directly forward into Stipe. He will finish you with that. Daniel Cormier does not run in on his punches in that fashion. Never has. And if there's an opening that we've seen with Daniel Cormier, it is left head kick. Guess what? Stipe Miocic has never thrown in any one Ever of his fights. Ever in his fights. life. Ever in his life. And they've asked him. I've seen many breakdowns. And he's like, oh, I've never thrown a kick in my life. So he ain't going to start. I guarantee you that. Ain't going to throw that. So this is going to turn into a grinding wrestling match. Kickboxing-wise, Daniel Cormier at AKA is a good kickboxer. Throws good leg kicks. But we always know what DC wants to do. He wants to throw two punches and a kick into a single leg. To then be able to throw you on top of your head over and over again. Look at any highlight reel of anybody other than John Jones. John Jones used the limp leg with the wizard better than anybody ever has against the Olympic Daniel Cormier. Another Olympian, Dan Henderson, was unable to do that. He got tossed on his head multiple times. But we've seen Daniel Cormier fight up at heavyweight in strike force as you were saying before you watched his strike force so you can see where the heavyweight comes in where he's like this isn't anything new the difference though from that to now is 39 years old on a veteran career daniel cormier has talked about how back in the day heavyweight was no problem but now he does have to change his training at because he used to go full bore now and full bore he'll be sore for two days he can't afford that now so he has changed his game plan but um really has embraced the grind we know what we're going to get. It's going to be DC. It's two grinding, not kickboxers, because I think DC is the kickboxer against the boxer wrestler. And in our last fight, we have a specialist with the jiu-jitsu against an MMA guy, and I feel like this is kind of the same that's going on with DC, where DC is the better MMA fighter with specialties in wrestling, and Stipe specifically is a boxer wrestler. What ground game have we ever seen? He keeps everything standing. Stipe Miocic doesn't go to the ground. Doesn't shoot. And always fights off takedowns. Daniel Cormier, single leg attack. Transition to a double back to a single. Watches fights. He chain wrestles. He's picked up the biggest guys. The other, biggest other guys. Other than John Jones. He's the picked up the biggest pound, guys, yeah. Greatest. I had Stipe all week long. All week long. I had Stipe winning this due to that grind. Due to the punching power. But, um... I think Lesbo and Evil Twin got me going the other way. I do see that single I, leg attack winning it. I don't have DC. Ah! I said my wife had DC. Ah! <laughs> she thinks that oh, DC um, going is going to have the better cardio. And she, I, yeah. Yeah, she just sees DC winning by a decision. I see DC winning by a decision as well. I had Stipe Miocic earlier on last episode. She I says that Kane's I, the better version of Stipe. And who do you think DC's been training with the whole time? That's her opinion. It sounds like she might have a little MMA rubbing off on her every once in a while. I think, okay, you think Kane's the better version of Stipe? Good Maybe call. if he was healthy, Stipe's still in there, still proving it. 
there's no way DC, as great as he punches, I just don't think he has the punching power of Naganu. I'm not worried about the height of the other thing my wife pointed out. She's like, DC's used to fighting taller guys. And like, so the guys, height, it's like that's easy. Um, but Stipe is an in shape guy at a heavyweight. He's in shape. He's built different than all these other heavyweights that are just dough in there. He has the best hands. I do think he has the knockout power. And DC's been knocked out now. He's been knocked out. I under, I think if you watch old tape on DC, and I did, I watched a ton of it, he is super susceptible to inside elbows. So if when he's coming to do a takedown, if I can regain my balance, which Stipe can, he does has a really nice sprawl even to the point where he looks like he's almost sure. skiing backwards up to the fence. He'll come back up, use the fence, and he can push out and, like you said, fight off his back foot. I That dangerous, if I'm watching those John Jones fights, those inside elbows, and fighting off your back foot, I see DC getting clipped as Stipe's moving out to the left. I can picture it all happening, and John Jones used it so well that yep. it became dangerous for DC to even start to come in on John Jones. So I think if AKAs, I love them, but they're just doing the same thing. You can watch Habib. You can the difference between Habib and that camp is you can prepare for exactly what Habib's doing, and it's whether or not you can weather the storm. It's the it's like Maya. You can prepare for the exact game plan. It's whether or not you can weather the storm. Um, that's kind of what DC's doing at this point. And I think Stipe, he plays dumb. He plays good, good old boy. I think he's really smart. And I think he's studying tapes and he is using the John Jones. He realized exactly what he's getting into. He's a super calm guy. And he's not going to have the worry of taking a Francis Naganu punch with DC. So he's going to be able to prepare for these huge takedowns. And I do think DC is going to take down Stipe a few times. DC can, or I think Stipe is just going to be able to weather the storm, and I think he figures DC out. I got Stipe KO round four. Wowza. Wowza, wowza, wowza. For 8,900 on DraftKings, Stipe Miocic is a decided favorite against the 7,300 for Daniel Cormier. You have a finish. I have a decision. Betting lines also show that minus 230 favorite Stipe Miocic. I got a huge underdog with DC. I have a huge under... I feel like... Because uh, if they're on the ooh. feet, if Stipe can stuff the few yeah. takedowns and they're on the feet, Stipe's going to pick them apart a little bit. I think Stipe think, has better boxing than John Jones. Do you think Anthony Johnson could knock out Daniel Cormier? Could knock out most... You know what? Everyone kept saying that. Like, And I haven't been impressed. To, in my opinion, the Anthony Johnson that DC saw was the after USADA Anthony Johnson that was just kind of... <laughs> So I'm not really impressed by that. The guys that have kind of weathered the storm here, Stipe's not one of those guys that we saw take a huge dump. If anything, he's one of the guys we saw take a leap after Usada. So I think he's a little bit different of a monster than Anderson Silva. Wow. Wow, wow. So I am have... I'm so curious though for if DC wins, I won't be sad because I love to see John Jones and DC at heavyweight and Brock and everything going forward. But if Stipe wins, I'm not sad to watch John Jones versus Stipe. Not at all. Not at all. Or jo- Stipe versus Brock. So, do you think this is a theory I've been hearing as well all over the Twitskies and stuff is that Daniel Cormier, if he loses, may retire. 
just completely be done because he is 39. What else does he have to prove? Two divisions. If he loses, he should retire. There's no fights left. It'll be the last, right? He has a commentating job. If he wins, there's two fights left. Either way, I'd want to see DC versus Brock Lesnar as well. Win or lose. Yeah, win or lose. I want to see either. I think John Jones should get the winner of the fight and Brock should get the loser. I love that. I love that. Do we have a Les Dog? Oh my gosh, we an underdog a pick? underdog picks this night that we both had a consensus pick on. What do you think? A couple other consensus odds. Who do we have? Roundtree and... Roundtree I'm nervous about. I'm nervous too, but that's why it's an underdog. That's why it's an underdog. Who I know, but sometimes one? I'm not confident about... I just don't like the other guy. I might stay away from that fight altogether. Um, the other underdog we had was... Griffin. Max Griffin? No, I had Melender. Oh. Hooker was the favorite as oh, well. Linder. Who the... Yeah, I That's think crazy. we only... Derek Lewis? Did you pick Lewis or Naganu? Naganu. I got Naganu. No. We it has to be Roundtree. There's oh, nobody else. Khalil. Roundtree. No, wait, wait, wait. Perry. We both have Perry. He's the underdog. Oh against, yeah, let's yeah. make it platinum. Okay, platinum Perry. Let's go Woo! platinum. Yeah, cool. Fix I'll make that one quickly, quickly at the plus one thirty-five as of right now. I love platinum it. Perry. That's a breakdown. Woo! Happy Independence Day, and if you're not in America. I hope you're having a great Wednesday and a good day at work. or And a hell of a fight weekend. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. So uh, give us a shout out and we love you. Thank you. Let's the bean. Thanks for listening to Let Be. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.